Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Today is Predictions Day. We are done with testing for this year. We are about 10 days away from the first race of the season, so it is time for our predictions. Constructors predictions coming your way. Drivers predictions coming your way. Of course, Sam Sage and Harry Eid with me. But we're going to start, before we get into the predictions, um, with the news, because this is our first podcast since Saturday night when Murray Walker, the famous F1 commentator, uh, died at the age of 97. So Murray Walker commentated on F1 throughout four different decades. He was he's someone who's known by pretty much every single member of the F1 community, formed great partnerships with James Hunt, the BBC, formed great partnership with Martin Brundle uh, at ITV before retiring in the in the early part of this century, 2001. Um, I know he's had such an impact on on all all three of our F1 lives and our lives generally. So, Sam, I'll bring you in here. How much did did Murray mean for Formula One? Murray was almost the reason why I knew what Formula One was as a child. Um, Obviously, I don't know if you remember being a child, listeners, but um, there's only so many memories you have growing up, of course. And the fact that Murray retired about six, seven years after I was born and his voice is what I can distinctly remember happening on the screen of watching that race. Many races, all those historic moments that happened in my first seven years of life. Uh, I was born in 95, for anyone that cares. Um, <laughs> the fact that Murray was, for me, is, is the most iconic part of all of that. He is... I can't put it into words what Murray Walker means to me in terms of someone that loves Formula 1, that loves the sport, that remembers the sport fondly he's everything i idolize about f1 his morals his his humor his silliness the way he got silly things wrong because like such a static passion for everything that we did um, i'm in awe of him and every moment that he produced for our sport he is a, a true hero i think to to formula one lovers and it's so so sad that he's not with us anymore and i really hope that somewhere he gets a tribute somewhere on a track a corner a building he deserves it out of all the people that i can think of that are related to formula one that man thoroughly deserves it and i am really quite sad in the last few days that he's he's gone i'm not gonna go on too long about it because i know that everyone else here feels exactly the same as i do um but i am absolutely gutted that he's not gonna be here anymore and harry bringing you in here i mean yeah i i'm going to assume that a similar sort of impact for you 
Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the, it's the same as Sam, really. The the thing that's struck me, and it's not something uh, I didn't I didn't realize before, but it's very hard to be. I mean, very hard to be loved universally, and especially hard to be loved universally in in the world of F one. I think, um, but he's probably the only one who's managed it, and uh, which you know, test is a huge testament to to, to the character of Murray. Um, there's a, this is very UK centric, but on BBC iPlayer, for any of you who are in the UK, there's a nice little documentary on there, which is old, it's like 10 years old, but it's worth going back. It's just a documentary about Murray. And he's in the paddock in like 2011, Australia 2011. And like every driver comes up to him, doesn't matter who, who it is, it could be Schumacher, Weber, Alonso, Hamilton, Button, etc. They'll come up and say, say hello to Murray Walker, who's just having a little wander around. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's very sad. Um, and I guess you, we could take heart in the fact that he had a hell of a good innings, had basically two careers. He only retired when he was 77 from F1 commentary, and he's still been floating about for 20 years. Um, yeah, and I think that's the most strange thing is that the the Bahrain GP next week will be the first ever Formula 1 race that Murray Walker has not watched, which is bizarre. Um, yeah, so hopefully it's a good one. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very sad. that Mar- But, you know... There's so many, you know, go on F1 TV. There's so many races with his iconic commentary on there. So, you know, he, he'll still he'll still be around in some form, just in in your ears. Um, but yeah, very very sad to hear that that news Saturday. Yeah, hope, hopefully they they do him proud at Bahrain, um, and I'm sure I'm sure they will. Um, yeah. Murray's influence on on F1 is so is so difficult to capture because it, it's so large. Um, you know, I, I I think it was Karun Chandok um, at the launch of, of Channel Four uh, when they started doing F1, you know, full races at that point. But obviously, did the highlights now. Um, there was a video of him commentating on Mark Webber and David Coulthard doing uh, Scale Electrics. Um, and I, I forget how old Murray would have been at that time, but it would have been in his early 90s. And the enthusiasm and the passion was just as there at that point as it was like 25 years ago. And that's that's who Murray was. He, he was so brilliant at enhancing the viewing experience and the listening experience for those who, who had the pleasure of enjoying what he did. I, I think I get caught in the trap and I think many people, whether they admit it or not, will also get caught in this trap that it can be easy to think that commentary is easy, you know, and because at its most basic, it, it is describing what's happening in front of you. And if you look at it through that lens, it's really easy to think that commentary is really straightforward and simple. And it isn't. It really isn't. And I think one of the reasons why people think it is so easy is because of how easy Murray made it look. And he was a lot more, he was so skilled at his job. You know, people rightly remember um, some of the very fond memories, Murrayisms, as we like to call them. And, you know, I'd, I'd never stop anyone remembering them. And they're, they're great to look back on. But don't let that take away from what a brilliant commentator he really was. I was trying to think how many people he might have influenced throughout his career, bearing in mind that he started commentating for the BBC in the late 70s and didn't stop until the early noughties. Yeah, think of how many people in Formula One he has influenced and helped. Even people who started watching after 2001 who have been able to go back on, on F1 TV or, where, or wherever and, and listen to his commentary. The amount of people that he has positively impacted is going to be in the millions. 
Uh, and that's just ridiculous to, to contemplate. And and just to round off, because one of Murray's most sort of famous phrases about his career is saying that he has been incredibly, gigantically lucky. And I, I don't want to go against the man at all. And I'm sure he does feel very lucky, but there's a lot more to it than that. He was incredibly skilled at what he does. And actually, the people who were listening to him can be considered the ones who are lucky in that scenario. So um, rest in peace, Murray Walker. Um, and like I say, I really hope Bahrain next week, the drivers go out there, put on a show for him. The, uh, the, the great race in the sky finally has its lead commentator, I saw someone say. And yes, that is that sums it up for me. It's absolutely lovely. much as I'd love to talk about Murray Walker literally forever, we do have some other <laughs> important and pressing matters to uh, to discuss. So shall we shall we kindly move on? Yes, we'll move on to our predictions. Um, we decided to do these after after preseason testing, just because we've got a bit more of an idea of the lay of the land. Of course, you can't read too much into testing, but at the same time, it does give some glimpses into where the performances might be. So. We're going to make our predictions. First of all, the Drivers' Championship predictions. We're going to go through our top six drivers. We're then going to look at the biggest surprise outside of the top six, the biggest letdown outside of the top six, and who's picking up the wooden spoon in 20th place. Um, and I'm sure when we get to the end of the season, we'll be able to go back and laugh at these. Anyway, let's move on. Um, first place, Harry, we'll go to you first of all. Who have you got winning? the 2021 Drivers' Championship. Famously, you never go for Hamilton, so... <laughs> well, Sorry. so this no, year... Maybe, Harry is. Maybe, <laughs> I, I'm going to uh, defy tradition here, and I am going to go for Lewis Hamilton. So, Lewis, wherever you are, I'm very sorry. <laughs> You're not going to win this year, obviously, because I picked you. Um, yeah, I'm going for Hamilton because, quite literally, I keep not picking him, and I'm always wrong. So, uh, this is the year. Um yeah, I don't buy any of the Mercedes struggles in testing, and even if even if they are, I think uh, I think Hamilton will still be still be on for his eighth title this year. I think it's an eighth title and potentially a swan song. But yep, I've got Hamilton first. Sam, opportunity for history for Hamilton. Do you think he'll make it? Uh I do. Uh, Mercedes had some scares in testing, but if you look through the course of history, Mercedes have not been the fastest in testing many times have had some scares and then have come back to be one of the most dominant seasons that they've had many times. So I don't think that's a, a telltale sign. I do think that testing is maybe shaking a few predictions here and there. Um, you never really know what the teams are up to. I know Mercedes have had another shakedown since then after testing, another filming day for promo. Um, and they've made some changes to the car, rumour says. So I am going to say that Hamilton is going to take home his eighth. And I very much agree with Harry that this could be a bit of a swan song. This could be kind of the end of of greatness, I suppose. So yeah, Hamilton at the top. Uh, yeah, I'll make it a trio of Hamilton going first and winning the eighth drivers' championship he's looking for this year. Um, I, I think in terms of catching Lewis Hamilton, it's almost a two-step phase, and neither of those steps have happened. So the the second phase is really getting him in a 
taking the title away from him. But the first part that needs to be done is even a championship battle, which Hamilton hasn't had to deal with really since 2016. You could argue that Vettel pushed it a little bit further in 17 and 18, but particularly in the last two years, you know, it's not like Hamilton has won the title in a battle. Hamilton has dominated. So, you know, even if Verstappen or Bottas make things a bit closer this year, that's only part of the problem in terms of beating him. So I've seen nothing to suspect that Hamilton will lose. I, he's, got, he's got to slow down at some point, but I just don't think it's yet. Um, I'm going with Hamilton for the win. It's the trio. Yeah, I feel like that one was quite likely, but it might differ from here. Who knows? Second place, who have you got, Harry? Um, well, nice little segue from your point there, Ben. I do think there is going to be a battle this year. We've said this for over a year, haven't we? But I actually genuinely do. Um, I'm putting Verstappen into second for 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 2021. Um, whether it'll be 2016 levels of closeness, I don't know. But you know, maybe he'll give Hamilton at least a slight run for his money, kind of potentially Vettel style, like you say, in 2017 and 18. Um, but yeah, I think the Red Bull looks the strongest it's looked for a while. So uh, yeah, Maxi Verstappen second place. Maxi Verstappen for you in second place, Sam? Oh, for goodness sake. It's meant to be interesting. Yes, Maxi Verstappen <laughs> in second place. Um, I think this is going to be the closest um, championship fight that we've had in the hybrid era. Um, I think just because of the slight tweak in how the car is, I think that teams are able to make more gains on the Mercedes. I think Verstappen is raring to go. And I think now we've got the support of Perez, that team is going to be a lot more solidified, it's going to be a more stable, it's going to work, it's going to be what it needs to be, and I think that Verstappen is going to really take the fight to Hamilton. So yes, Maxi Verstappen in the big second place. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, no. Verstappen, Verstappen second. Um, oh no. I mean, there's a case for Bottas here. It, it depends what you think Mercedes are going to do, whether you think Mercedes are going to be at the at the level they were at last year. But even the, even the level they were at last year, Verstappen and Bottas were in that fight together for P2. So theoretically, if the Red Bull is any closer to what it was last year, which definitely seems to be the case, Verstappen should have the advantage for this P2 position. Um, I, I didn't fall into the trap last year of thinking Red Bull would be close. I am falling into it this year, though. I, I do think it will be closer. Again, I'm not sure how close, but I do think it's going to be closer than it was last year. Uh, and I think of the two Red Bull drivers, um, it is Max Verstappen who's in prime position to make that challenge. So I've got him, P2. P3, any differences? Harry, what, what are you saying on this one? I'm going for... Walter Porridge Man Bottas. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be, like I said already, I think it's going to be close. And, you know, I think the difference between second and third will be slim, you know, uh, bearing mechanical issues, etc. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm putting Bottas there because he's still in that Mercedes. I just think, I don't know what more, you know, what more he can do. He cannot, is it possible to version up anymore? I just don't think it, I just don't think it is. <laughs> Like, can he eat any more porridge? I don't know. Um, yeah, so I think I think it's going to be a third place uh, in the championship for him this year. But again, I think it's going to be going to be a close call. 
additional prediction for for that, Harry. Is that enough for him to stay around at Mercedes? Depends what Mr. Hamilton does. If Hamilton if Hamilton stays, then uh, potentially not. But we'll have to see. What's your thoughts on third place in the championship, Sam? If my career, depending entirely on whether Lewis Hamilton wants to drive a car for a bit or not, I'd feel so pants. Because it's not bad, is it? Really. If you took Hamilton out of the equation, he's not bad. Um, I must think he's a little bit bad, though, because he isn't third on my list. Uh, And I am falling a little bit into the Red Bull trap. I think Sergio Perez will be in third place. Uh, backing up Max Verstappen this season. I think the Red Bulls have got the team and the car to really challenge Mercedes. And I think Bottas is going to flounder a little bit under the pressure. The season is too long. He's never won back-to-back races. Sergio Perez is the most consistent man since consistency was invented. So (laughs) (laughs) I think Sergio may not have a groundbreaking season. He may not be setting records alike, but I think he's always going to be there backing up his teammate. And that is what we've asked for from Red Bull teammates year in, year out. I think Perez can deliver that. So Sergio, uh, the Checo man, is in third. That is pretty interesting for when we get to Constructors' predictions because you've now got a Mercedes winning the Drivers' Championship, but the Red Bull drivers in second and third. So could be interesting for what we expect there. Um, I'm going to go with Harry on this. I'm going to go with Bottas in P3. Um, I actually think Bottas and Perez are very evenly matched in terms of their ability. Uh, I just trust the Mercedes a little bit more. I, I know at this point in the year, and I think we'll get onto this a bit more in the constructors' predictions, but even with Red Bull looking pretty good after testing, it is only testing, and also it is only the beginning of the year. Where they are in terms of pace right now doesn't necessarily mean where they're going to be um, You know, six races down the line or ten races down the line. And Bottas does have that experience at Mercedes. I I do genuinely believe that Lewis Hamilton makes Bottas look worse than what he is. He could still do more. I've said that multiple times, but he does a solid job. And and whilst I think Perez will do a good job at Red Bull, I I just have more trust that Bottas can get the job done considering that he's got that experience edge at the team. So I'm going Bottas P3. Uh, P4, Harry, who are you going for? Uh... I'm going for Checo Perez, um, unsurprisingly, I think. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to have an absolutely solid year. Pick up, a, pick up a couple of wins on the way. You know, whether that sees him into another year in Red Bull in 22, we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, this is, you know, this is his best chance at, you know, consistently fighting for podiums rather than having to scrape for them like, he, like he's had to do, in, you know, for the past fair few years. Um, yeah, so Perez definitely in fourth for me. Um, I think it's going to be crucial in, you know, Red Bull's challenge to Mercedes this year. I think having that driver there, even if, you know, not necessarily on Saturday, but even on a Sunday, we know he can deliver then. Um, I think it's going to be really important for Red Bull. So, um, yeah, easy fourth place for me there. Are you going Bottas in fourth, Sam? I'm going to flip reverse it on your baby. And it is Valtteri Bottas in fourth place. Flip reverse it on your... Botty. No, that sounds like another word. No, let's not do that. (laughs) No, no. No botties, please. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Valtteri version 0.7, I think, is going to be in fourth place. I think he's just going to settle. I think if Hamilton takes another year, this is Bottas' last year in a a Mercedes drive. I think this is do or die for him. 
Um, yeah, I, I won't spend too much time on this because I think Perez is going to be fourth. Unsurprisingly, I think those two teams are, are going to be clear of everyone else. Um, I will say this. I think this is this will be enough for Perez to gain another year in the seat in 2022. And I, I give Red Bull credit for the move that they made in terms of bringing in Perez for Albon because it would have been easy for them to keep Albon for this year. Bearing in mind that having Albon last year didn't actually cost the team, even though it cost Albon personally. It, did, it didn't really matter if they had two Max Verstappens in the car. They still would have finished second place in the championship. Now, we, we have to wait until our reign to see exactly where the pace is. But at least according to testing and what we're seeing, there is a good chance that Red Bull are in a more of a championship fight, in which case having a driver like Albon, as he was performing last year, would have cost the team this year. But they had the foresight to, to prevent against that. So, um, yeah, I think Perez is fourth, but I think it's a respectable fourth. This is where it could get very interesting. We're going to do fifth and sixth place now. And theoretically, there are a number of drivers that could appear in these spots. So, Harry, interested to know who you've got in fifth. Um, yeah, I mean, it could be literally anyone from the midfield, couldn't it? Um, but I am going to go for uh, the resurgence. Resurgence? Yes, that is the word. Resurgence of uh, Mr. Sebastian Vettel. I think he's going to have a tip-top year. And he's going to end up in fifth place, um, best of the rest. Pick up a few podiums in the in the Aston Martin, and yeah, and prove prove that he's still got it. He can still, you know, do do the do, as they say. As I don't know who says that, but someone says it. Um, <laughs> so, someone probably. Um, did I say, where's my notepad of weird things to say? I mean, Sam, you could, it's likely you, you could have, have not said, got one notepad of that. <laughs> you have not got one notepad. Do the do? <laughs> yeah, do the do. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so uh, Sebi Vett in fifth place. All right, Sam, who have you got? Two time world champ. <laughs> Two time world champ. <laughs> Alovira, Alonso, the Alpine. He's coming home. Alo's coming home. Uh, we're going to see Alonso on the podium. Alonso's going to absolutely relish it. He's going to destroy Ocon, end of Ocon's career. And um, I think Alonso's back, baby. Bring on the Aloe Vera. And it's going to be very embarrassing for Ocon. So, yeah, I think Alonso's got... Uh, it's going to be close. That big field is close. But I think Alonso just got that raw, get out of my way mentality that means that he walks that fifth place. So I think he's got it. Wow. Um, I've gone for someone completely different. So three different drivers, three different teams. Did someone call for a god? Charles oh. Leclerc is going to finish nah. P5 this season. No chance, um, mate. Charles Leclerc, P5. Um, I mean, he wasn't far away from it last year. And that Ferrari was pretty awful last year. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to dramatically improved to the point where they're winning championships but even a slight improvement I think gives him a chance at this we know what he's capable of and I think significantly compared to drivers of his ability I'd put Ricardo in the same camp as him he's the only one that doesn't have to deal with some sort of turmoil so you know Ricardo is moving teams Leclerc is in his third year at the same team You've also then got Alonso and Vettel, the two names that you've mentioned, who definitely have the ability to be there, but are still both question marks to an extent. You know, is Alonso the same driver that he was in 2018? I think yes, but still a bit of a question mark. Vettel, is he the driver he once was? Question mark there as well. I think Leclerc's a bit more of a, a surefire bet. So I, I've got I've got Leclerc P5. 
The problem is, he drives a Ferrari. Uh, they might be a bit better this year. Crystal ball, crystal ball. P6, who have you got, Sam? I have gone for the man that you just mentioned is might be having some turmoil, and that is feeling all good, always. Danny Rick. Danny Rick is going to drive that Macca back up the field. He's going to outdo Lando Norris in his debut year at the Macca. He looks so good in orange, making me feel so good. Um, I love that man. I love him so much. And I think that he's bringing, he's bringing his great feel-good factor to a team that just harnesses and nurtures at the moment feel-good factor. Who thought we'd be saying that about McLaren now? Go back 12 years and you'd be like, that is the team of fear. Um, but now Ricardo's there like, I'm having a great time. I'm sending caps to everyone in my team just because I like him. Uh, Ricardo, I think he's he wants it. I really think he's going for it this year. Uh, so I think Ricardo P6. Interesting stuff. Harry, are you going Honey Badger or someone else? Real, real tough on this one because on the one hand, I, I, I'm really encouraged by the McLaren and testing. I mean, considering they had a new engine in that car, they had not one glitch and their pace was really impressive. On the other hand, I also believe in Fernando Alonso. Which one is better? I'm not entirely sure. Um, However, I am going to have to agree with uh, Mr. Sage and go for Danny Rick. I think, I think Alonso and McLaren, that and you know, and Vettel and Aston Martin, etc., all going to be mega close. But I just think that McLaren looks so spicy in testing, and 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 Ricardo's just Ricardo, isn't he? So um, yeah, and I, as I sorry, I forgot about Norris in this. I think Norris will be close too. Um, but I'm going to settle for Danny Rick in the Papaya Maca. Um, I think McLaren are set for a good year, and as a result of that, I also have McLaren in P6. No way. Oh. But as you remember, one of my quite bold predictions from Teammate Wars was that Lando Norris will beat Daniel Ricciardo this year. Therefore, I've got Norris oh, no. in P6. Oh. Um, yeah. I agree with the points you make. Look pretty good in testing. Norris is in his third year at the team now. I think he's going to make a step forward. Um, I, I do actually, well, we're not going to go down to seventh, but I do actually have Ricardo in seventh place. So I, I think those those two are fairly evenly matched actually this year, but I, I'm going to give it to Lando. Now let's let's move on to, let's go to a positive first of all. The biggest surprise outside of the top six. Who have you got here, Harry? I've got little Yuki Sonoda, the little oh, child go on, of everyone. Um, yeah, I think, and you know, it's not that he's underrated. I think that Yuki's built up a pretty good reputation for himself already. And, you know, he looked pretty impressive in testing. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be the surprise of the season. I think... No, I'm not going to make a prediction he's going to beat Gasly, but I think he's going to he's going to make Gasly's life more difficult than perhaps even Gasly uh, imagined. And then and then Red Bull are going to be in some another uh, weird young driver issue problem again that they always seem to be in because they don't know which driver to promote. Um, yeah, I think Yuki Tsunoda, surprise of the season. Although, did you see that he was opening his DRS like before the DRS zones <laughs> and testing? Don't know what that's about, Yuki, but hopefully that was, he wasn't cheating. Hopefully, let's just say he it was accident. Maybe he couldn't see the line because he's so small. I'm not sure. <laughs> Who have you got as your surprise of the season, Sam? Folks, we all need to sing it with me now. 
It's Yuki Tsunoda. What a wonderful <laughs> name. I mean, I'm actually quite annoyed that Harry's picked him. I thought I was going to be quite nifty there. You know, as the small man of late breaking, if you've ever seen a photo of the three of us, folks, I only come up to their knees. Um, so, <laughs> I'm Carol's rooting for the little guy here. And I think that Gasly is going to have his life made very difficult. Do I think that Singo will beat Gasly? The funny thing is, I'm saying, I don't know. I think that Alpha Tower is going to be very competitive, surprisingly. I think they've got a good engine in the car. They seem to have adapted a lot of that aerodynamic ability from Red Bull, obviously, further up the field. Sagoga is a great driver. We've seen some great FT performances. I really think he is going to be the rookie of the year by far and the surprise of the season. I'm really excited to see him in an F1 car competitively. Got some uh, big channel news. We're going to be changing our name. We are now known as Yuki Breaking. <laughs> I am all aboard the Yuki Sonoda train. I've gone for him here as well. I, I think he is going to have a really impressive season. I don't think he's going to beat Gasly, but I think he's going to run him very, very close. I think he'll stay at the team for 2022. And we're going a bit further on from this season. But I think at the end of 2022, Red Bull are going to have a decision between Perez and Sonoda and who they go ahead with at that point. I, I think he is a brilliant talent. And I just have... I have an instinct that he's going he's gonna to hit it from the off. I don't think he's going to be one of those drivers where it takes years to click. I think he's just going to get it straight away. Future world champ. <sighs> Spicy. Love it. Mm. From the positive to the negative, um, who is going to be the biggest disappointment outside the top six this year, Harry? Um, I feel for it because, for this person because they've already been slightly uh, slagged off by Mr. Sage. Um, but I'm going for Esteban Ocon. I just think... And this isn't, I don't think he's a bad driver at all. I think he's a solid driver. Um, I just think in the competitiveness of that midfield this year, I think he's just going to get left behind, especially with with uh, Tommaso, Fernando Alonso sat next to him all season, wearing him down. Um, yeah, I just think he's going to just drop off the back of, or be at the back, sorry, be at the back of that midfield group. Um yeah, I think it's going to be a tough year for him. Which I, I, I'm not. This is not me wishing it. I just, I just got a feeling it's going to happen because, yeah, that midfield group is so competitive with so many good drivers in it now. It's going to be a real, real struggle for Esteban. I hope I'm wrong. It's the one time I actually hope I'm wrong, but I just think it's going to happen. Sorry, Esteban. I, I tell you what. I mean, Ocon has the motivation for this year because I, from. A lot of people, because you're not the only one, a lot of people are doubting him this year. So if he goes out there and performs, he's going to be shutting a lot of people up, I think. Um, Sam, what's your, your view on this? Who's going to be the biggest disappointment? I'm not agreeing with Harry. Yay! <laughs> um, well, we have God on one side of the cockpit and with God, you need the right hand. And I do think that he will very much be the right hand man. I don't think Carlos Sainz is going to be able to match Charles Leclerc in this first season. Ferrari is super difficult to integrate into. It's so hard to get hold of that culture. I know that he kind of fits what they like to do. That doesn't mean it's going to click straight away. Sainz, I think, is just going to be a little off the pace in front of his teammate. I think that's going to drag down Ferrari overall in their championship standings. Um, I think he'll just literally be okay. I don't think we'll see the Sainz that we were seeing last time out in McLaren. That McLaren was really great. It really suited his driving ability. And I don't think he's used to dealing with um, 
the dynamic that Ferrari bring and that Charles Leclerc brings. Charles Leclerc is that team leader. Sainz has got a lot of mental difficulties to overcome there, you know, a lot of hurdles to get through, to really feel confident that he's got his place in that team. A lot of people think he's a placeholder for Schumacher. You know, that's possible. And just that way on the mind. I want Sainz to succeed, uh, but for me, I think he could struggle. So Sainz is my biggest letdown. Um, I'm going to go with Vettel here. Um, what? Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen for him this year. I don't think oh. it's going to click. Um, and, I mean, this is a slight spoiler. I don't think it's going to click for the whole team, actually. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't see it happening. I, he had a tough preseason testing, which isn't going to help for the first few races. On the other hand, it is a 23-race season, and he's got enough experience that I think he'll overcome that deficit. But, um I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm an evidence guy. You know, show me the money, and he hasn't shown the money in a long, long time. So, uh, if he comes out in the first race of the season, claims a podium, shuts me up, then fair play to him. But I, I have my doubts. This prediction set has been wild so far. Well, let's round off the drivers' championship predictions. Then, um, who is going to be last place overall? Now we'll just pick from the 20 drivers that are on the grid of course last season we had a few reserve drivers so <laughs> sam feel free to pick mika hakkinen if you want to but um who have you got in 20th harry um it felt felt this was kind of tough as well because i think there's going to be four drivers vying for last place um but i'm gonna go for mr mazabin himself um I think, yeah, Haas and Williams are going to be the ones vying for that last spot. And I guess it's whoever gets a sneaky point here and there. Haas aren't developing that car at all. So, you know, I I wouldn't be shocked to see Schumacher in 19th and Mazbin 20th. But I'm going to put Mazbin in 20th. Um, I think the Williams could sneak a point or two maybe this year. But again, it's going to be close. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I would say sorry, Nikita, but I'm not that sorry. Sam, who have you got in 20th place? FIA, I know you can hear me. Um, (laughs) I know I don't understand a lot of things in life, but how does an egg drive a Formula 1 car? It's a great question. Does anyone actually... (laughs) No? He's going to be last because he hasn't got arms. So (laughs) he's going to make make an absolute yoke of himself and he's just going to sit there on the grid in a leg shell and he's going to just be like, all right, what do I do? Um, Maz, Maz is going to be loud. That's as much as I have to say on the topic. Wow. Um, it's such a shame that you don't have more to say. Um, <laughs> I'm actually also going to go for Mazepin in last place. Um, to be completely honest, it could be either of the Williams drivers, it could be either of the Hash drivers, and I would not be shocked in the slightest. The only reason I've gone for Mazepin here is that I, I have the least amount of confidence in him gaining a point out of the four. Latifi's got a year under his belt. Russell, for me, is the best of the four by far at the moment, at least. Um, Schumacher, for me, is a better driver than Mazepin. So, um, you know, it only makes sense to, to put out of the four the, the one who I think has the has the disadvantage last. What fair and sensible reasoning, Ben? I had to balance yeah, yours out slightly. Ben. Yeah. Classic Ben. Sick and also, me. I mean, the other <laughs> reason I put it.
there, there is also the possibility that you know Mazepin gets fifty races into fifty laps into a race where he's got a chance of scoring points and then can't control the car because he's an egg. So yeah, there's, there's that. There's that. There's that. Like he just, he just realizes he's an egg fifty laps in. Oh no! Exactly. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> Where's my shell gun? Okay, so Constructors' Championship, of course, you've got 10 teams on the grid. We'll be running them through 1st till 10th, working out where we think they're going to finish. Could be some very interesting ones in the midfield there. Also, for 1st and 2nd place, maybe we'll get a difference of opinion. So, Sam, kick us off here. Who have you got 1st in the Constructors' Championship? Well, uh, for podcasters, of course, we've just heard what we've just said about drivers. For those on YouTube, go back and watch the drivers. I state that I think it's going to be the closest fight for first place that we have seen in the hybrid era. And I mean that across the entire top four. And because of that, I think that Mercedes are going to just take the title. And that's how close I think first and fourth are going to be. You, if you've seen the last video, I saw that Hamilton will win the drivers. Bottas wasn't in the first three. That's how close it's going to be. Um, I just think Merck have that ability. They have that ability to be consistent. And Lewis Hamilton is Lewis Hamilton. So um, I just have that faith. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Uh, in case you're unaware that Lewis Hamilton is Lewis Hamilton, can confirm that he's Lewis Hamilton. And that gives Merck first place. But I think it's going to be less than a race win between Red Bull and Mercedes. Interesting. So you reckon last race of the season, it still might be up for grabs? Yeah, completely. Be a while since that's been the case. So that'd be mm. very interesting. Um, Harry, who have you got finishing first? Um, unfortunately, I am agreeing with Sam. I have Merck in first place. I mean... I, you know, we're all agreeing that we think it's going to be closer this year. But Lewis Hamilton won the constructors' championship on his own last year, and he missed the race. <laughs> so uh, I think off. he did have a day. Off. He he was so good. He had a day off. So um, yeah, I you know I don't see even with the with the uh, consistency being brought in by Sergio. Um, I think it's still going to be difficult for Red Bull to win. Um, I kind of I, I agree with Sam. It could be taken down to the wire, but you know, I think Merck has still got this. Um, I, I think Mercedes have a have a right to be concerned after testing because whilst it is definitely true that they they haven't been the quickest in testing for plenty of years in the hybrid era. I think overall, you know, they, they've won. You know, they've won seven championships and they've only been fastest in preseason testing twice. So I wouldn't necessarily be concerned about that. But what I would be concerned about is the lack of mileage that they did compared to what they usually do. You know, Mercedes have always been the best at getting together those laps, you know, so consistently, which they didn't do this time out. And and also, regardless of low fuel, high fuel, whatever settings they were on, the car did look unstable and you, regardless of what settings you're running, it, it should be stable to a degree, even if you're on high fuel. So, um, you know, I, I think they have a right to be concerned, but I have got them going first here. Um, you know, Hamilton, having him on your team is a pretty good thing, to, to quote a bit of an understatement there. Um, and they might be in a slightly tough spot going into the first few races of the season. Maybe they will be, but they haven't won seven championships in a row from being a bad team. And they haven't won seven championships in a row without overcoming difficulties. It's easy to think that because 
they are so good and they, they win the championship by such a long way every season that they don't have to deal with these problems, but they do. They, they just eradicate them so quickly that no other team can take advantage of it. So, um, you know, even if they're in a bit of a quandary, I trust Mercedes enough to get themselves out of it. Now, second place, I don't think there's going to be a difference of opinion here either, but we'll see. Harry, who have you got second? Um, yeah, we've already said it. It's going to be Red Bull. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that. I've already said it. Yeah, I think they're just going to be more consistent based on testing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam's wrapping up. Yeah, Red Bull. Let's move it along, folks. We all know I agree. I've said it. It's Red Bull. Yeah, I, I've got Red Bull as well. Um, the only thing I'll mention here, actually, is that I think that Red Bull do have a bit of a tough choice from the outset here where do they completely attack 2021 knowing that this might be the best championship opportunity they've had since 2013, possibly, or do they bank on them getting a good start to 2022 and possibly winning a few championships in a row, similar to what Mercedes did at the start of the hybrid era, you know, no one was able to catch up to them because they had such a good start to that era. So they might have a bit of a bit of a decision to make because you could make an argument for both, but I've got them finishing second. Third place, this is likely where we're going to see some differences in opinion. Harry, who have you got? Well, on my little list here, and you can't see this, guys, I put a team, and I put a team, and I crossed it out again. And I put the other team, that I put first, <laughs> and crossed it out again. Repeat several times. Um, but I eventually settled for Macca, McLaren. Oh, hard luck, Macca. Never mind. It won't be <laughs> a year. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I Put McLaren in third. You know they have. We've already said it. They've had an impressive testing. But other than that, I've got nothing else to base on because I just think it's going to be far too close to cool. So um, yeah, there's complete guesswork. No idea. What have you got, Sam? Well, it's like Harry's in my mind because I've also written a team down, I scribbled it out, and then written a team down, I scribbled it out, and then changed it for the team below, and then scribbled it out, and then put it back again. And I've also come to the conclusion. Uh, and I've even written the words, Macca will be in third place. Same. Um, there you go. <laughs> Funny enough, it's common knowledge that they're called Macca as a nickname. Um, <laughs> and I, I have got something a little more to base it on than Harry just going, oh, I like orange. Um, I, I think like for, orange. Yeah, it's a nice colour. I believe that Lando and Danny Rick are going to be a great partnership together. And I just think Danny Rick is a bit of a step up to Carlos Sainz. I think Danny Rick can really bring that extra little bit of more caliente, that little bit of spiciness you know, that, that Macca needs to get those extra results. Um, and Lando is in his third year. I really think he's going to start, you know, rolling into the form. I think he's going to be able to pick up those extra points, making those extra moves. We know he's feisty behind the wheel, and I think he's going to be so confident to do so. Pair that with their culture and the fact they've got the Mercedes engine on board now. Consistency, the absolute raw power that they have. We know that it doesn't fail very often. I just think this is a good year for Macca. I think they're going in the right direction. I think this is the start of a successful period for McLaren. So that's why I've got them in third. This is going to go badly. Oh, no. oh this is going to go badly. I've got Ferrari in third place. Um, <laughs> th- th- this has the potential it. to blow up. Um, I-, I think that they will recover to third place, and I don't think it will be by much, but... They were in the midfield fight last season, despite having a 65 brake horsepower disadvantage. And apart from the really high-speed circuits of, of Spa and the like, 
they they were competitive with the rest of the midfield to an extent and Leclerc did get podiums and that's with that engine deficit which seems to have gone this year it seems to have been eradicated so a team spending that much money uh, Leclerc is a great driver as we know signs I, I think will do a good enough job they don't need to recover to the point where they were at they just need to somewhat recover and they should have enough to be in that fight for third this is Ferrari, so this could very well backfire and they might be in the same position as they were last year, in which case they really don't have any excuses. And I know that the power unit is not the only problem the team has, but even with the power unit being fine, they, 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 were, they were in second place. They were still fighting for championships. So I think they can do enough to get third here. Fourth place, Harry, who have you got? Um, fourth place, I've put Aston Martin, um, and contrary to what Ben said earlier, I think that I don't believe that pink green Mercedes has become a bad car over the winter. Um, obviously it's going to be tough and I crossed them out. I had him in third and then sixth and fifth and now the back fourth. Um, but I do think, I know they've struggled over the winter. Well, the three days we had that winter testing, but you know, I think that car is still a good car underneath those problems. Um, so, yeah, I put them in fourth place. Who have you got in fourth, Sam? So this is where it gets really difficult. And this is why I think that the next few teams are all so close together. And that's partially because of their driver lineups. Um, one half of the grid for me is pretty great. The other half of the grid is pretty questionable. Could have a great season, might have a terrible season. I've gone for Alpine, uh, two-time world champ is, of course, in fifth place on my constructors. I'm going to do it forever. Um, and I think that, that that Renault looked good in testing. That Renault engine is coming along. They can focus on themselves. Um, I generally think that this car has got something to it. I'm hoping that Ocon, yes, I don't think he's going to match up to Alonso. I really think Alonso is going to deliver. I don't think Ocon's going to be that bad. I think Ocon wants to prove himself. And I think it's just going to be enough to get them in front of a few of those other very close four teams. And I mean very close. It's going to be touch and go possibly right down to that 23rd race until where they actually finish. Um, whereas you've gone for McLaren in third, I've gone for them in fourth. So I think they're going to have a good year again. Um, I haven't got it quite being enough for where they finished last season, but at the same time, I, I would not be surprised if they finished third. And I think they will be in that fight. They've got a great lineup, Ricardo and Norris. I mean, it's largely the points that you've raised really. Um, testing went pretty well. I think Norris is going to improve. Uh, and I think I think good times are on the horizon for for McLaren. I'm not quite sure if it's going to be, you know, a return to the championship years. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But it's certainly already significantly better than where it was a few years ago. And they just seem to have clicked and gelled as a team. And yeah, Ricardo and Norris is a great lineup. So I've got them in fourth. I mean, a few years ago, McLaren at one point had some old English bloke threatening to wee in one of their seats. So. It, it probably couldn't get much worse for them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. good old Fred Alonso or something like that, wasn't it? That that old oh. English chap. Yeah, I don't know yeah. who he is. Who knows? P five. Who have you got, Harry? Uh, I've gone for two time world champ. Um, I've gone for <laughs> I've gone for Alpine <laughs> in a uh, fifth place. Um, Dragged there probably by Alonso. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to have another solid year, but I don't think they're going to quite 
reach Maka slash uh, Aston. But a, t- a tough choice once again. Um, but yeah, fifth place for the Blue Boys. Sam, are you going for here? Uh, I'm proud to say that it's not going to be a blue car. Um, <laughs> it is going to, in fact, be the prettiest car on the grid. That is Aston Martin. Um, that's right. There's no mention of the boys in red just yet. Um, <laughs> Sebastian Vettel, Lance Stroll. I don't think it's going to be groundbreaking. I do think it's still going to be a good car. I think Vettel's going to just take a minute to settle. And I think Lance Stroll is almost at his ceiling. Good, not great. Um, and because of that, I think that they are going to survive well in the midfield. They're going to be close to the cars around them. I just don't think they've got that little spark right this second to take that extra leap back up the grid. Um, they got a little bit lucky with that Sergio Perez wing. That was a mix of, you know, situation falling into their lap and Sergio Perez being Sergio Perez. Uh, I don't think they'll get as lucky in a 23 race season this year like they did last year. Um, but I do think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be competitive and I'm excited to see them go toe-to-toe with the likes of McLaren and uh, Fernando Alonso. So, I mean, in, in the battle of the, the A's, uh, Aston Martin and and Alpine, I was, I was genuinely torn about which one to go for here in fifth place. Uh, and I went back and forth whether it should be Alpine, whether it should be Aston Martin. Um, so I've gone with Alpha Tauri here. <laughs> I like that. They look really good in testing. <laughs> I, I think that Alpha Tauri are going to have a really good year. Um, and I'll tell you why. I think of all the teams... They are the one who have the most to gain from going all out this year. I, I think if you look at Aston Martin, they've got ambitions to win a championship within the next three to five years, which who knows, maybe they'll achieve it. But if they want to achieve it, it doesn't make a great deal of sense to attack this year and then be behind from the start of 2022. It's it's not going to work. Really, it should be the same for the other midfield teams. Alpine, you know, they've got championship aspirations. Again, if they spend too much time on this year and don't think about the future, they're going to be in trouble. McLaren are going to want to get back up there. Ferrari are going to want to get back up there. And really, the odd one out is Alfa Tauri, who, who don't really have any championship ambitions themselves because they, you know, their primary focus is to act as that development team for Red Bull. And, and as such... I actually think they'll they'll have a very good second half of this year where other teams might look to focus away from from the end of 2021. Gasly has been brilliant the last two years. If he continues that, he's going to be good. And um, just to actually read you my note word for word, I've got YT will boss it. Um, YT being Yuki Tsunoda. Not me. Yeah, there you go. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I've got Alvatari finishing fifth. Might be a bit of a surprise, but there you go. P6, second half of the championship now. Harry, who have you got? Um, I'm going to go for those cheeky Italian boys. Um, uh, the ones in red. Oh, sorry, awesome. I, should have, yeah, sorry, I should, should have clarified that. Um, yeah, I'm going for the ones in red. I'm going for Ferrari in, a, in P6 this year. I think... I mean, this is completely different to Ben, isn't it? But I think they'll, they'll have made gains, but I don't believe it's going to be enough. And they'll probably just do something pretty Ferrari about it and screw it up, even if the car is better. But uh, And also, a car with that monstrosity of a green logo on it shouldn't doesn't belong to finish in the top three. So uh, it's got to be in P6, to be honest. As, uh, I don't know about the, the first few points you made were rubbish, Harry, but that last point was, was really convincing. Yeah, you almost <laughs> got me to turn... They start on minus 100 points because of that. Disgusting. 
spray paint on the back of it. Anyway, um, it's not it's not blue, Sam. There's that. That's true. That is true. Um, I got twenty points back for that actually because it's not. All blue. right, minus eighty. Minus eighty. Stuff <laughs> <for> the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Have you got sixth, Sam? Uh, just I'm going to C. Beng's answer for fifth. Control C. Control V. Alpha Tauri again. I'll be in sixth place. Um, I am absolutely thrilled by that team. They they got a win last time out. Again, it was circumstantial. It fell into their laps a little bit, but they still delivered. Um, the engine is proving to be good now. The Honda really is coming to fruition. Little Yuki is... I'm almost a fanboy at this point, and you have to be a boy, because if you're a man, you'll get into trouble with the law. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I think that Gasly, P. Gasly is one of the best drivers on the grid at the moment. I really am excited by what Alpha T and that lovely blue livery are bringing. It's one of the few that I do like. Uh, so Alpha T are in P6. I have got Aston Martin in P6. Um, as I've already said, I have a few few concerns with their lineup. Um, you know, Stroll and, and Vettel, I think they both have the capability to put together a great season, but there are question marks about both of them. Whereas I think I've got a bit more confidence in the other teams, so I have more confidence in in Gasly doing a good job at AlphaTauri again. I've got more confidence in the McLaren lineup. I've got more confidence in Leclerc at Ferrari. I, I don't have that same assure you know real certainty that that Vettel and Stroll are going to perform um and I do think that with Aston Martin's quite lofty ambitions for for Formula One and it's absolutely brilliant that they've got them and I wish them all the best in their hope for a championship but it's not happening this year so what's the point in spending all of their resource on a fourth place finish this year or a fifth place finish this year and I think that might just cost them a place or two but I, I should preface all of this. I think third to seventh is going to be so close. So I would not be surprised if some of these are completely the other way around. But Aston Martin sixth. Seventh, Harry. Seven. Seven. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I've gone for Alpha Tauri. Um, yeah, look, I don't think there's... It's nothing against Alpha Tauri. I just think that they are going to be... Yeah, that's it. I hate them. Um, <laughs> no, I just—it's going to be so close, and you know, I—I I would not be surprised if if Pierre and Little Yuki get some great results. But um, yeah, I just got a feeling that the Alphatari as a team will just sneak into the bottom place of that midfield bunch. Um, but again, as Ben said, could be entirely wrong. They could be fourth. So I've just realised what your tactic is, Harry. You're reading What's the that? 2020 championship. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've all been exactly the same so far. Have they? Yeah. Unbelievable scenes. <laughs> oh, I think that's great. Um, well, Sam, you've got um, you've got four teams left. You've got the three Batmarker teams and also Alfa Romeo. So it'll be interesting to see which one you go for. I was going to say, I think you mean the four Batmarker teams. Yeah, um, right. I'm, I'm going to have to finally concede that the the people that spend a lot of money but don't really seem to have a clue what they're doing are going to finish in seventh place. Um, they've got God literally driving a car for them. And yeah, I still don't think they're going to be able to pull it out. And it's going to be close. Like we said, you know, one DMF can see one team go from here all the way up to here and it'll do the old switcheroo. Um, but Ferrari, for me, I just, I just think that it's not going to be all there. I think that Ferrari engine is still going to be down on power, not to the same extent that it was, 
But Ferrari have also never been particularly well known for their downforce capabilities. Uh, and I think that's going to show on some teams that are very much working either with Mercedes, who are the kings of the kings, or with Red Bull, who are the queens of the kings, or their Alpine, <laughs> who have Fernando Alonso, who is actually God. So um, Ferrari, mm. sorry, it's going to be close, but they are going to be seventh place. Um, and I, no surprises there, I've got Alpine in seventh place, leaving us with all the same three teams from eighth to tenth. Um, it says a lot, actually, that in my driver's predictions, I've got Alonso in the top ten, yet their team's standings, I think, is going to still be seventh place, just because, I, I, again, I think it will be that close. Um, yeah, I my trust in Ocon is iffy um i i think this season is actually really important for esteban ocon i think how well he does this year will decide whether ocon is in formula one for the next one or two years or whether he's in f1 for the next 10 years i think this season is going to play a huge factor in which way that goes if he goes out there and puts on a good show against fernando alonso i think he's got i think he's got the next 10 years or so wrapped up if he goes out there again and performs poorly after what happened last year Maybe he's out of F1 in a couple of years. I'm not too sure. Um, Similar thing with Aston Martin, really. I think Alpine have got um, loftier expectations than just this year. And as such, I would not be surprised that if they they don't get a great start, I think they might just go do a Haas, really, and just say, next year, we're moving on. So, Bring it off. Yeah, I've got Alpine seventh, which does now leave us with the three actual backmarker teams. Or who knows, maybe you think that they're actually going to be in the fight. Um, eighth place, who have you got, Harry? I have got Alfa Romeo in eighth place. Um, not uh, not much reason other than I just think they'll be a bit better than Williams and Haas. So Alfa Romeo in eighth. Same for you, Sam, or one of the others? Oh, I mean, who really cares at this point? People are turn <laughs> off. Um, I could be dancing on my head and people would still be like, what's the point? Yes, Alfa Romeo will be an eighth. I mean, they're going to score like four points. Kimi Raikkonen's probably going to do a world-class switchback on Lewis Hamilton instead of winning the title. And we're all going to have a great time. Um, yeah, they'll pick up probably less than 12 points as a whole team. Um, I'm going to agree and disagree. Um, I agree that Alfa Romeo will finish eighth. I think they'll actually be more respectable than that, though. I've got them picking up about thirty points this year. I think they'll be, I think they'll be much closer to the back end of the um, the top seven than they will be to Williams and and uh, and Haas. I think they've made a bit of a jump, but we'll see on that. Ninth place, Williams or Haas, Harry. Williams, I believe in you, Williams. Um, only because I think they have some upgrades <laughs> and Haas don't. So, yeah, I think I read that Williams have got some first race upgrades and I guess they might have some more during the year. Um, and we know that Haas aren't going to do that. So, uh, yeah, Williams for me, because I think they might at least score a couple of points this year. Well, I mean, I, I thought your reasoning here would be to do something different to the 2020 standings because, I mean, <laughs> that, that is the difference there. Um, ninth you. and tenth, which way round have you got them, Sam? Williams will get ninth place. And I'm going to give you four words as to why Williams will beat Haas. Roman, Grosjean, Kevin, Magnussen. Oh, I didn't know where that fourth one was going. That was... Uh... <laughs> 
That was a tricky one. Deceptive there, the little trickster. I'm like a whippet. You have to catch me. Um, that was a Louis Spence <laughs> reference, by the way, for anyone that hasn't caught niche. that. Another niche British reference. Yeah. Um, basically, um, they brought experience to that Haas team. They brought knowledge. They brought the ability to cut through traffic, throw a couple of different strategies in there. Something I don't think Schumacher and Mazepin are able to do right now. They might be able to in a few years' time. They're just not able to do so. Williams have brought some upgrades. They've got all new owners, of course. They've got new team principal. I think they're going to struggle, but I think they're going to want to make inroads. They're going to show that they are progressing for their fans. And Russell and Latifi, I think they're a good pairing on that grid. I think they're by far one of the better pairings on the grid currently this season. And I think one of them, if not both of them, will score points this year. So Williams going to pass him. And to round things off, uh, I've also got Williams in ninth and Haas in 10th. Although, and I'm not sure if this is a bold prediction or not, I actually think this is going to be a nil-nil draw. I think both teams will not score a point this year. Um, yeah, I, I don't... The Williams might have made a bit of progress. At the same time, they need to make a bit more than that. So, you know, I, I don't see much... You know, it's 23 races in a season, so they might pick up a point here or there, but I'm actually going nil-nil here. Um, and Haas, Haas have already given up for 2021. Gunter's just <laughs> moved on. Um, so, yeah, I, I understand what, what Haas are doing. Uh, we've spoken about this on a previous podcast, um, about their objective for their two rookie drivers to gain their year of experience and then go ahead into 2022 with a bit more of a, a fresh outlook. I completely understand what they're doing there, but the the casualty of that will be this season. And I just, nil-nil for me. But I've got Williams finishing higher due to a George Russell 11th place or something like that. Higher and higher. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so to recap on that then, Harry, you've, gone for 2020 um <laughs> you've got you've gone for mercedes red bull mclaren as the top three then aston martin alpine ferrari alpha tower in seventh alfa romeo eighth and then williams ninth has tenth sam you've gone for the same top three so mercedes uh red bull then mclaren you've then switched the aston martin and alpine around so alpine fourth aston martin fifth then the Alpha Tauri guys, Ferrari are having a great year by your reckoning in seventh, and then that same bottom three of Alfa Romeo, Williams, and Haas. And then I've gone pretty rogue actually, and I've gone Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, Alpha Tauri round out the top five, Aston Martin, Alpine, Alfa Romeo, Williams, and Haas. I've just noticed I've put all the A's together. Maybe that's why I've done it. He's gone rogue, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> another British reference there oh, the show. <laughs> it is actually fairly useful because we know when we need to finish a podcast or a video because there are too many British references I'm tired in. Yeah. I am tired well I, it's predictions day so I, it, it's always a big one and yeah. that, we'll review them all at the end of the season and laugh at ourselves but Okay, that's that's going to do it for our constructors' predictions and our drivers' predictions. Hopefully, you've enjoyed those ones, and we will review those at the end of the year and then laugh at how wrong we are. Of course, uh, we'll be back for our—I can't believe I'm saying this—we'll be back for our Bahrain preview podcast next week because F1 is back. I'm too Come excited. On. I'm too excited. Sam, who's clearly more excited than me, get us out of here. I'm thrilled. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here till next week. The other two, though. See you later. Uh, I've been Sandra Sage, and I will be for the next seven days until we talk again.
I'm Ben Hawking and I will be for the next seven days until we talk again. <laughs> and I, I'm not entirely sure. I might be Harry Ede, I'm not quite sure, but I've been Harry Ede for now. <laughs> and remember, <laughs> keep breaking late. Sports Social Podcast Network.